Hey guys, it's Jason Webb. This is the show that highlights local business leaders and the movers and shakers of Minnesota. Welcome to Minnesota Made. What's up, Minnesota? It's Jason Webb. I'm sitting here at, oh, geez, I'm going to screw this name up right off the bat, man. It's DSI Decimate Sales. Did I hit that right? Decimate. All right, good. And uh, we're located in Rogers, Minnesota. I got the three amigos sitting across from me. We got a Noah Stark, the sales engineer, Troy Brake, the operations manager. What up, Troy? Not much. And Lisa Horn, the engineering manager. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm doing well. Good. Yeah. Well, you know, let's start off talking a little bit about the business. Uh, we went on a quick tour of this facility and uh, talked a little bit. A couple things that jumps to mind right away is the fact that I believe you said you hired 25 people in the last two months. Is that right? That is correct. Damn. You guys are killing it. We are. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. And uh, this business started back in, what, 82, did you say? Correct. All right, all right. And, uh, you know, one thing I find with businesses is the fact that the, the older ones that get established, a lot of times they get fat and happy and lazy, right? And they don't want to get after it anymore. But you guys are hustling. 25 people in the last two months, man. That is awesome. So, I, I don't know. Let's just jump into what it is that you guys do that, I guess, let's focus a little bit on what do you contribute the growth to, 25 people in two months. Wow. So what is it that you do in the market that you can contribute this awesome growth to? And I've been told, Noah, you're the guy that likes to talk. So let's hear it, Noah. Well, thank you for having <laughs> us this morning. Much appreciated to join us here at our facility. Yeah. With our growth, I think... Uh, Big thing that uh, we work with here is our relationships. We do a lot of uh, relationship building between existing customers and new customers to where we work with them from first point of contact. And uh, we try to get as personal as we can with them from the right, right from the very get-go. Not creepy personal. No, no not no. creepy keep, personal. Keep not at first. Not no. at first. That, that's for later <laughs> down the road. Just try to be personal with them on each project. You know, every project, every customer is very unique and everybody has different demands and different wants that they need from a supplier, from a product supplier. So we try to provide that for them on all fronts. And I feel that from the very start, from initial contact with someone like me in sales to working with Lisa and her team in engineering or Troy and, and his team in the manufacturing and the operations side, we personalize our service to every customer. And that really helps customers keep coming back and yeah. repeating with work and bringing us new projects and new jobs. And you mentioned unique needs. Yes. Uh, does anything off the top of your head, can you... Tell me about one of these unique needs that you guys met. We have, uh, just off the top of my head, would be we have a, a customer, a local customer here that we do a lot of high-end production work for, uh, stuff that's 10,000 pieces, 50,000 pieces. But yet uh, we have a very close relationship with their engineering staff that we also do a lot of one-off tooling for them. Mm. They'll call us up and they'll even just stop in at times during the week and bring us apart and say... Can you help me make one of these today? So we do a lot of unique one-off work with them that 
it's not going to make us a lot of money, but it yeah. helps build that relationship that we're able to keep on moving with other parts of their business. And we're able to help them from the very bottom to the very top, whether it's something for their own internal manufacturing, because they still make a lot of parts themselves, mm. or if it's for something that we're making for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I live by the same, I don't know, motto, creed, I guess. It's going to sound a little bit like hippy-dippy bullshit here, but I honestly feel the more people I help, right? the better my life becomes. So, I mean, when you were talking about helping these customers where you're not going to make much money on, on the project, but who knows what that relationship's going to develop into or the referrals that you're going to get from that relationship. That's just the way the universe works, man. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. All right, Troy, you are the operations manager. You're the man that gets things done in the back room, huh? Well, that's what they tell me. <laughs> so would you categorize this place as a machine shop? I think I sheet metal fabricator, consulting, like what category do you put DSI in? Well, I think all of the above is what we offer. We got a really strong machining department and the same thing when it comes to fabrication. And we got assembly, we got paint. Any one of them don't stick out. I think they're all strong suits for the company. Yeah. Now, the majority of these people you recently hired, are they working with you particularly on the production side? Yeah, we, we actually hired in different departments. Uh, we beefed up the engineering department, but uh, the majority of them are out there in the shops, in the fabrication. We hired uh, one person in the sales department, and uh, we hired quite a few in the machining department. So okay. it was kind of an overall increase of uh, people or, or resources, you might say. Yeah. Uh, we focused on a higher level of individual with experience. Uh, we just don't, uh, they weren't operators. So you could basically call them machinist, high level engineering PMs or what you might say. So uh, that's our new approach. We definitely are taking on people that have an immense amount of experience. We're not just bringing somebody on and they're doing a lot of training. We're bringing on very high skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So independent. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, Lisa, you are the Einstein of the bunch because you got a, a word behind your name that says engineering. So <laughs> you're an engineer? Yeah, yeah. designer. Yeah. Designer? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. And you are the engineering manager. It sounds like some of the recent hires have been put in your department to help you out a little bit. Is that right? Yes, sir. And can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do at DSI? What I do? I guess I've been told I uh, herd cats. Herd cats? Herd okay. cats, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, customers will come to us with a, a need. They need a product. They don't quite know what they need. Mm. And yeah. we'll figure that out for them. Oh, really? So yeah. if, I th if I'm like, hey, uh, I got this issue with my boat lift, it keeps breaking, and uh, I, I manufacture boat lifts maybe, but there's this like, this component that keeps breaking. Can you guys help me out and make something for this? You betcha. All right. It's straight up Minnesotan there. Yeah, you oh, yeah. betcha. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Are all three of you from Minnesota? No. No. Oh, no. 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 Uh, no. None of you. None of I know. you. Oh, geez. Melanie, what's up? <laughs> So, but DSI is in Minnesota, right? Yes. We, we are in Minnesota. We're in Rogers, Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, you got two buildings. Would you call it two separate facilities? Yeah, fabrication and machining and powder coat, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm interested about the history. Noah, you talked a little bit about it. How I think it was two brothers uh, were doing 
what was the word you used? It wasn't consulting. Sourcing. Sourcing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, the family as they started it between uh, the brothers and, and their family, the father, they were sourcing some products. And the story goes, as I've been told from Joe, is uh, right around that time as, as they were trying to implement the metric system into our, uh, our company. And that's how the name Decimate came from. Hmm. Decimal and metric. Put them together. Decimate is is how they created the company. And with that, they were able to try to source both American-made and import products for their customers. Because at the time, whenever they first started, there there was no equipment. There was no machine shop. There was no fab shop. All they did was the sourcing for customers. And uh, they quickly outgrew that uh, within a very short period of time. And they started adding more and more machines, equipment, employees, facilities to to be able to keep a lot of stuff in-house. They found that there was a lot of money going out the door that they could be handling in-house. And, uh, you know, the family is still deeply involved with our operations here in every aspect that we have going on. You know, you you ask Joe, you ask um, Tony, Either of them can come down and make just about any product that we have in here. They know how to run our, our equipment and, and design stuff. Both of them are, are very involved with uh, the quoting aspect of everything that we do with a lot of our products, dealing with customer relations, uh, going out on site. I see Tony wearing his steel toe boots and safety glasses on a regular basis because he's over in the fab shop making parts still, mm. you know, and he's one of the owners. Uh, we, yeah. we, we have people, but we have a depth of people from the owner to top to bottom in this company that are yeah. so involved with every aspect and operation of this company. And that's why we keep growing. And it started 40 years ago and we just keep on growing every day. We keep on growing and getting new customers and new projects and more employees and the sky's the limit for us. Joe and Tony. Joe and Tony are two of the owners right now. Okay. Are they brothers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So back in the day, 40 years ago, Mm -hmm. Joe and Tony started a business and they're like, let's help people create or manufacture products that they're looking for, solve problems, right? And they didn't have the machines to do it, but they would go out and find other companies, other contractors to create those parts for them. And they were kind of like... I don't know, like the middleman, right? Yep. So they, they earn their 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 fee or their commission solving these people's problems. And then sounds like they discovered a need that needed to be filled because maybe some of these problems weren't being fixed or filled according to sort of the customer's expectations or something. Right. So they're, they're like, let's we'll start buying some machines. Yep. And do it ourselves. They wanted to have more control over those sort of processes. Wanted to be able to keep more of the manufacturing processing close to them so they can control the lead times, the pricing a little bit better, getting the right materials, dealing with bad product. There's always going to be scrap and issues that, that come along. And if you're dealing with someone that's halfway across the country, sometimes that's difficult to deal with. It's a lot better working with customers if you're local and you're able to handle those right off the bat. It just creates that better relationship, yeah. and that's where there's there's customers that we have today 
that we've had for f- almost 40 years wow. that we originally started sourcing those products for, and now we're making products for them, and yeah. they have grown so big, but we keep that relationship growing with them. Yeah, and it sounds like you're still doing some sourcing. If there's certain things that you can't do, either due to machinery or capacity or something, you still have relationships built with other companies that can do those for you and makes you guys, I don't know, like a one-stop shop. We, we try to be that one-stop shop. There's, um, there's a, a little two-word phrase that I try to push really hard on a lot of customers that we have, and that's called manufacturing solutions, mm. okay? Mm. We want to be able to be your one-stop shop for any manufacturing solution that you need, whether it's something we can do or we can help you find who does it and source it for you. We want to be that place that finds those solutions for you, no yeah. matter what it is that you need to have done. Yeah. You know, during the tour, one cool thing that I that you pointed out was the fact that you guys, you know, do powder coating here. And it sounded like you were outsourcing that for a period of time. And you're like, well, I think we can do it better or faster or cheaper or whatever. And now you do the powder coating right here. Yes. Yeah. We still do outsource some of that, uh, certain projects. If we, you know, have a, a, a special classification of, of powder coat that needs to be done that we can't do in the period of time here, but we try to handle as much of it as we can for our own products in house mm. for the powder coating. It helps us control that quality a little bit better as well. Since uh, a lot of the products that we do powder coat is for the retail market, there's a very tight tolerance on visual appearance on a lot of those products since they're end users and with customers and we like to be able to control that right now who's been uh working here the longest out of you three i have you have Mm -hmm. and have you seen many changes not only within dsi but in the industry as a whole since you've been here or been in your position yes i have yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Like some of the changes off the top of your head. Uh, how long has have you had the uh, second facility? Uh, we opened up the fabrication shop in 2013. Okay, were well, you here in 2013? Yep, I, okay. I started here in 2012. Okay, all that equipment, well, smaller scale version was in this building. So Jam packed, man. Yep, yeah, we ran out of room. Yeah, quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's a good problem, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at this building when we were out here at the, in the machine shop, you can see how it's been added on over the years. Mm. Yeah. 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 It started small, and the original shop was at the barn, and it was with their father, Jack. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. They um, just kept growing and growing, you know. Okay, wait, wait. Did you say the original was at a farm? Yeah. It's still at Jack's place. So they started this business at their house and yep, the farm. in their barn. Oh, yep. nice. Yep, it's a nice barn. <laughs> <laughs> we, we host the holiday parties there. Oh, he still, he still has the barn. Yep, still got the barn. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It, it's interesting to think back to the days when a business like this started. How many employees did you say you're at now? Right around? Uh, 110. Right around 110, 115. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, imagine Tony and Joe back in the day in the barn, right? Yeah. With, and now, with their father, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And mm-hmm. now look at you guys. Mm-hmm. That, that's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, Jack's still here. I mean, he walked by a little bit ago. Oh, yeah? You know, he still comes in every day. Yeah? Yep. Okay. So I know you've been experiencing a lot of growth lately. Do you guys have big plans for the future? Or just keep doing what you're doing and continue to you know build as you have been, or do you have any big, I don't know, milestones or projects or new customers that you just signed up or 
I mean, you don't have to name names, but uh, what's the future look like? What do you see this place in like 10 years? Under one roof. Yeah, <laughs> under one roof. But as far as growth goes, uh, we keep setting the bar higher and higher. Each month that goes by, we uh, have a, a goal to hit as far as sales goes. Okay. And quite frankly, we've got uh, we've got big plans. You know, yeah. We're, uh, I so, don't know if I should talk about the, the dollar amount in sales, but uh, <laughs> our expectations in five years is to double in size. Double in five years. Yep, from where we're at right now. Damn. And that could be with our, just our current customer supply that we have right now. Yeah. They're putting some pretty heavy demands on us, and they said, if you can increase your capacity, we'll increase the orders with you. I mean, so at this point, we're busting at the seams. We're taking on as much as we can, and our customers are raising their hands and said, you want more. Yeah. So that's our goal is to double in size in five years. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's very realistic. We're going to do it. Yeah. You know, I started here about a year ago. And when I started here, we were right around about 80 employees. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of growth and just a little bit of time. Think about that. You know, 35 employees, that's almost a 50% staff increase in 12 months. Yeah. And everybody is put to work. We don't have anybody standing around or working part time. We, right. we have overtime available for a lot of our employees, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. we're yeah, keeping them busy. That's great. Now, I, I don't know. I might be uh, off to uh, off in left field here, but it seems like the United States has become, for a part of it anyway, there's a certain segment, more patriotic, right? Uh, I see a lot more American flags you know, flying in front of people's homes today than I did, say, two or three years ago. Now... Do you contribute any of your growth to your customers taking pride in the fact that their products are American made? Or doesn't that really kind of, you know, come into play at all? What's your thought on that? Uh, that's a huge part of yeah? our growth. Absolutely. All right. we, uh, it, and it, it's kind of twofold on that. Between the pride in wanting an American-made product, knowing where it's made, who's making it. You know, we invite all our customers on a regular basis. Come on in. See our facilities. Tour around. You'll see your parts being made. We're, we're all for it. We're very open door here with our customers. And a lot of them take us up on that. Yeah. I, I, I regularly have customers come in and tour for that. The other thing is a lot of customers uh, throughout the past decade or two were getting a lot of products imported, a lot of parts made overseas as it was easier to import stuff and uh, source outside of the United States. And now as it's become a little more difficult to, to source things, especially with the pandemic, a lot of manufacturing facilities overseas aren't operating or operating the way that they could mm-hmm. uh, with the skilled laborers that they would need. Yeah. They're forced to turn back here into an American-made product. Huh. So we, we're, we're able to gather up that sort of momentum, both sides of it. Yeah, interesting. Now... Let's say I have a great idea for a better ball hitch for my truck, <laughs> right? And um, I have an idea, and I have a sketch on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go with it. Can you guys help me out with something like that? Well, my email's on that card right in front of you there. <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's pull out that sketch, and let's uh, come up with some sort of manufacturing solution that we need for you. Yeah. And uh, we could do anything from a one-off prototype part 
and we yeah. do a lot of one-off parts for customers or uh, whenever it comes time for us to go into production and you to make your millions on this new ball hitch, yeah. we'll make you 10,000 of these on your first order. We all can right. also do blanket orders, uh, stocking agreements, all sorts of stuff like that as well. So we can take you from start to finish. Yeah. I think and Lisa can um, contribute to that yeah. conversation. When I first started here, there were many times when the napkin came out and it was drawn out. Yeah. And then and it ended up over. on Lisa's yeah. desk. It always does. Yeah. Engineering. Yeah. But we'll draw it up. We'll get our own prints on it. We'll do prototype uh, right from that exact idea. Yeah. So we can take a sketch strength. and turn yeah. it into a model. Nice. And we can show it in a rendering if needed. Yeah. So, like, if you want to pitch it to, you know, your customer. Okay. So we can send you a, looks like it's sitting out in a field. Yeah. And we also have uh, recently implemented a RRC cell, rapid response cell. Okay. So, it's a work cell totally dedicated to quick-term prototypes. So, like a little work area. Huh. Yeah. So, it doesn't affect our production flow. Yeah. So, when, when somebody like you comes in and you want this new ball hitch... Yeah. We'll put it up in engineering. We'll give you a couple little conceptual drawings, you know, what you're okay. looking for, some concepts. And then uh, you'll pick which one you want. We'll run it through our shop, through the RRC. Okay. And then production will keep going on the production to hit their dates. And we'll drop this in within a couple of weeks and get it done. Wow. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So we have a, a welder, pin machine, press yep. brake. It's a it's a completely dedicated cell. Yeah. Where it has our uh, when you separate say cell, is it like, like a department, like a work area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, space. yeah. It's like a little work okay. area where he, okay. he can take a, a product from raw material to finished product all in one small area, basically the size of this room, to be able to uh, uh, take the product and just then give you anything that you want in low quantity without it affecting all of the rest of our customers or or the rest of production taking yeah. someone away from there or equipment away from that side of it we're able to handle it even in a little bit longer runs you know short and long runs to uh, get it through that RRC you know mm-hmm. we have a lot of customers that come to us last minute they have a, a line down i have one I have a part, there's the print sitting right there for a customer that they sent me today saying, my line is down and I need these done right away. And we're able to push these on through our RRC. We also have it implemented over here into the machine shop side as well, where normally we would have a a specific lead time on parts, but for a special situation, whether it's prototype or something longer like this for an emergency type situation, an expedited type situation, we're able to help with customers on that. Okay. It's been a huge success. Yeah. Uh, this rapid response cell, and then you get a rapid response cell team. And uh, that group is all they do is they sit there and wait for these jobs, which uh, they could be expedited or prototype, or even just to fix one off. Um, you hand it to them, they got a press break, they got a welding area, they got a grinding area, they got a pen machine. So when we say sell, all those pieces of equipment are dedicated to that customer that has those demands or needs. Mm-hmm. And it's led into some very big jobs. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, you got a few notes there. <laughs> and I don't want to miss anything that you wanted to talk about is there anything that you have written down there that you want to make sure to bring up on the podcast here well i wanted to bring up that you know decimate sales is the most innovative manufacturer you know that i know of yep we can help anybody out yeah 
as I always tell people, my friends, are like, where do you work? What do you do? Like, well, if you had an idea, you wanted to make this product, something that would make your job better, like how you like helping people. Right. You want to make this little phone holder or whatever, a hitch for your pickup, you can bring it to us and we will figure it out for you. We'll, we'll either source it, or we'll manufacture prototypes, we'll do production runs, whatever. We can do revisions on it, make it better. It's always uh, improving. Yeah, we do a lot of value-added engineering on things, too. So Yeah, it really sounds like you guys go the extra mile. Yeah. You know, you're not just an order taker. Like, you're not just sitting here and like, okay, you want a thousand of these? Cool. You know, it's like you go the extra mile, act as a consultant. Right. Help them make the product either from scratch or make it better, give suggestions. And, uh, yeah, I mean, go the extra mile, I think, is a, a good way to put it. Yeah. We invest in our employees. We're always um, engaging them to be more part of continuous improvement. Okay. Last year, that was a big thing. While we were, you know, slower with COVID, we did a lot of research and development for our customers. But also, we engaged our employees, challenged them to be, how can we make your job better? Anybody, you could be, you could be running a welder, you know. Well, if I move my welder over here, or if I use this kind of, you know, tool, it make my job so much easier. Okay, let's do it, you know, and reward them for that. Yeah. You know, I, I, my drawing team, I've encouraged them to work together as a group, as a peer, not one person fails. They interact with one another, double checking each other's work. So it's not going to go to the shop like that. So they double check and really big on the team. Yeah. We can't do it alone, can we? No, no. no. And uh, I know you hired a lot of people recently. Are you still hiring? You're still looking for anything or? Yeah, we're looking for five more. Five more. Yep. All right. And that, uh, that's probably just the beginning. Uh, I see the, See this plateauing around 150. Okay. Yeah. If you've been there for a while. Yeah. 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 Until we get the new building going. Okay. Yeah. Then we're just out of space for more employees. Yeah, we would have to add on. <laughs> bigger parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's another. That's the next thing. We need some more parking spaces up yeah. there. It's like when you buy a bigger house, you're like, I'm never going to fill this thing. Right? <laughs> Before you know it, a year later, it's, it's, it's full. Mm-hmm. Right? That's correct. But not with furniture in this case. It's be full of people. Right? Yeah. You keep filling it up. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Lisa, that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I think that's it. You know, that we talked about the powder coat. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the kind of class A. A lot of companies do class A. So I guess I do have one more thing to talk about. Class A powder coat. The powder coat we do is more like an automotive class, higher class A. Okay. So it's like another customer or supplier, you know, their class A. Ours would be like an A plus per se. Yeah. So it's like a, a little better. A little bit better than yeah. yeah. That's why we're you know we can control the environment. Do you have people that come in here and just want stuff powder coated, or is that just kind of uh, an add-on feature to everything else you do? Existing customers that we have, we have certain products that they we they supply the product, we add value to it, and then okay. we powder coat it. Okay. But not not just walking off the street needing powder done. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. We got to do the manufacturing too. Yeah. How about you, Troy? Anything you want to bring up before we uh, wrap things up? Well, we covered a lot, but, uh, you know, I think I'm going to touch base on just uh, the support we have from the owners here all the way down. When it comes to uh, time to talk innovations, tooling, things like that to make the process better, we haven't had a limited budget on that. If we can prove that out, show an ROI, the answer's always been yes. So uh, the opportunity for growth and the empowerment that uh, the owners give us and the people out on the floor is, uh, I think, a huge part 
of uh, the growth that we've had. Yeah, I agree. Um, And our culture has changed quite a bit. We really have empowered the people even on the floor and allowing them to make some decisions and calls generated a lot of interaction between the team. And we reward when it comes to continuous improvement. We've actually when we talk about rewards, when individuals come up with ideas or continuous improvements, we actually hand out gift cards. Oh, nice. And it's just a little something to say that we appreciate it, but yeah. it's recognition. And yeah. all that's done in front of the group and the team. Mm. Uh, it's changed tremendously in the last two years. It used to be very independent. I'm the machine shop, I'm the fabrication shop, and I'm the engineering. Wow. That's all just kind of blended in, and now I'll. I see us helping each other mm-hmm. on multiple uh, different levels, and that really uh, makes you want to get up and come in and, and yeah. do a great job. So, yeah. Yeah. you bet. Sounds like a good place to work. It's well, from what we get for feedback, it's not bad. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, we have very low turnover, which says a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. true. We don't we don't have a lot of people that leave here once they start to work here. We we provide an environment that's friendly for everybody. Obviously, there'll always be specific bad apples that that pop up with that, but uh, you they, know they we tend keep to weed themselves they out. tend to weed themselves out, and yep. and you know whenever you have a shop that just is full of good quality people that want to come to work and want to be here and want to help make a great product, and they enjoy what they do and who they they're doing it for, and the rest of the team they're working for. So it's not so much of a dictatorship. You know, you don't have a boss that's constantly looking over their shoulder, pointing at them. We have leaders. Mm. We don't have people that are directing people and telling everybody, do this, do that. No, come on, let's do this together. Let's do this as a team, leading everybody together down the same path. And that's with the people, just like what Troy said, the, the, the culture of people that we've brought in here from top to bottom. I mean, I'm a machinist. I was a machinist for 20 years, and now I'm in sales. Troy was a machinist. He, he was a shop guy, and now he's operations manager. You know, we have people like that. We work with people from inside to, to push them on up into the right position so they can help us lead in the right direction. Right. You know, we have the ability to buy the tooling and equipment that we need to because it's not just about numbers. It's about doing what we need to do to make our facility better to provide those manufacturing solutions for customers yeah. and not just what is our bottom line dollar. Yeah. All right, guys. We got the three amigos, and uh, we got uh, Noah, Troy, Lisa. I appreciate your time here today. And uh, if there is somebody out there looking for a manufacturing solution, is that the word you use? That's it, manufacturing solutions. All right. What's the best way to get a hold of you uh, to find out more information? Uh, our website. We just have a brand new website that Randy put together. Uh, DSI. MN.com. It's got some really cool interactive videos and, and information on it about all of our staff and our equipment. On there is a form that you can fill out and submit a blueprint for if you want me to quote it or, or send it to one of our team members. And we also have, uh, you can just call or email us and all of our contact information is there on our website. Well, there you have it, guys. DSI Decimate Sales located in Rogers, Minnesota. If you have any manufacturing questions and you're looking for a solution, there it is. give these guys a call. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Jason. That's it, guys. 
If you know of a Minnesota business leader or a mover and shaker that you feel would be a great guest, please have them go to minnesotamadepodcast.com and have them apply for the show. Thanks for listening, Minnesota.